Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Good morning, I'm Darren Pritchett. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's our final show for 2022. Coming up, you'll hear from Blackthorne Superintendent John Quickstad, Blackthorne owner Tim Firestone, and Norwood Assistant Pro Jerry Janowski. The Corona Premier Golf Show starts next on WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Good morning. I'm Darren Pritchett. Well, John Quickstan has been a part of Blackthorn Golf Club going back to the 90s. If you're someone that plays Blackthorn, enjoys the golf course, this is the guy you need to thank. He is the longtime superintendent at Blackthorn Golf Club. And I sat down with John recently to talk about his job and spending a lot of time at Blackthorn Golf Club. Well, John, let's just start with how long you've been associated with Blackthorn Golf Club. And why don't you offer what your title is? I am the golf course superintendent here at Blackthorn. And I've been here for 29 years. And um, seems like forever ago, and it seems like yesterday. Did you think when you started you'd be here this long? Um, I thought that that was a possibility. Uh, doing what I do, being a golf course superintendent in my hometown, in my wife's hometown, is almost unheard of. Uh, so I was really quite fortunate. Um, and when I did start, I was also fortunate enough to to uh, grow the course in. Um, so it, it was started under construction in 1991. I started in 93, right about when seeding and sodding was about to start. And so I wish I could have been here a little bit sooner than that for, for drainage and irrigation purposes. Sure. But, um, yeah, it... Uh, it, it's been a great, great place to work. And I'm sure it's probably a place that's hard to leave considering the property you have to work with. This is an immaculate area. Well, it's being right next to an airport. You, you think that it would be fairly flat and, and, <laughs> and somewhat boring, but no, it's got, it's got a lot of character. I hear all the time, boy, this is a great layout. Yeah. So uh, the architect, Michael Hurdston and his assistant Bill Boswell did a did a great job uh, with the design, um, and uh, yeah, it, uh, it it's a great piece of property. So you went to Purdue. I'm curious what your major was, and was your plan going to Purdue to get into this line of work? Um, I wanted to be involved with sports. Uh, I am not by any means uh, capable of being talented at any of them, but I I wanted to initially be a cameraman 
And so I went to Purdue my freshman year, and, and I was in communications of all things. And um, that, that wasn't really panning out. And so um, I enjoyed my summer jobs um, working on a golf course um, at South Bend Country Club. Okay. And, um, and so I said, you know what, let me just investigate this. And so I, I enrolled in the School of Agriculture Agronomy. Okay. Uh, with the turf management specialization. So um, there, there were different ways I could go, whether it's golf, kick, uh, golf course work or, or lawn care or sports field or, um, you know, so there was several different opportunities, but um, uh, obviously I chose golf and I love that. Many would say you made a great choice not going into communications <laughs> for those of us that are in the, the communication business. So as I mentioned a moment ago, this is an immaculate, big piece of property. What are the keys in order to manage such a big area? I mean, we all struggle trying to keep our front yards and our backyards looking good. I mean, this is just uh, an overwhelming venture for those of us not in the business. Well, it takes, uh, it's more than just me, for sure. Uh, the staff I have is excellent. Uh, I have a great assistant, and, and my mechanic is, he's the glue that holds everything together. <laughs> so to, shout out to David and Al. Um, and um, so, so a good team is required. Um, and try, I try not to focus on the, 175 acres that are seeded. I, I try to prioritize, and obviously the greens uh, for any superintendent are as bread and butter, and, and they, they spend a lot of time with them. And, and it branches out from there. You're, you're just um, other playing surfaces, tees and fairways, and, and you, you prioritize that way. Now, you keep a lot of good notes, from what I understand. So you can you can go back and check in years past to see what you did just to kind of make sure maybe, oh, wow, you're showing me as we're talking here all the diaries that you have. I'm sure that comes in handy if you ever want to just double-check something you did years ago that worked well. Uh, yeah, I, I refer to it often, although um, I find myself going through some of them in the early 90s, and wow. I'm just trying to figure out a name to a face. I, I couldn't even recall who my staff was then. But <laughs> no, that started. I was assistant superintendent with uh, uh, a really good superintendent at Evansville Country Club, and he he kept these diaries. And uh, it's mm. a, just a, basically a day-to-day -day log. Uh, it, it's we're planning for the for the next day, but we're also referring back to it, and so. Um, it, it's, it's my tool. Yeah. Other guys have their own method, but, um, yeah. So if someday you're really bored, you can, <laughs> you, you can read 29 diaries. I'm sure all these notes come in handy, but mother nature probably plays a big role in what you do on a daily basis. I'm just wondering how many times do you check the radar on a day where there could be rain or there could be severe weather? Are you someone that's always checking the radar because I'm sure that changes maybe things you're planning on doing on the golf course today or the next day. 
Well, weather plays a huge, huge factor. I mean, we, we can uh, plan, but uh, sure enough, the, the, <laughs> the weather changes. And we have to adjust. Uh, the saying goes, if you don't like the weather around here, wait five <laughs> minutes. Um, that's That can be true. Uh, as far as uh, I definitely watch um, and look at the weather uh, more so during the season, and I, I basically take the winter off. I, I normally don't uh, tune in to, to the weather <laughs> forecast in the, in the winter as much. Uh, but, yeah, plays plays a huge role. Um, and, it, you know, it seems like I've been um, – uh, burned by the radar before where I think we're for sure going to get a storm or or send guys home and it seems as soon as they uh, uh, <laughs> clock out and get in their car the sun comes out so um, I I can guess wrong more than more often than not yeah well, John, I've been helping with your or being on or being on your staff for about a year now, and I would say the one thing consistently I hear from golfers who might give me a comment or ask a question out of the golf course, and that is, "Wow, you guys have amazing greens." In fact, I've heard that twice this week from people out of town, just really, really complimentary of the greens. So, without giving probably what could take what a three-hour lecture on how you do it uh, yeah. simply put what are just some of the keys that allow you to have these greens that look so healthy and i think the thing that always amazes me you don't get many bumpy putts i mean things roll very very true out here well thanks i um um it's not easy um there's uh, in the area in the, around the country there's uh, some really, really good superintendents, and if uh, if I can be as good as half of them, I'm I'm doing good. But uh, no, there's some really talented guys around here. So, um, but it it takes, you know, it starts at the beginning with proper construction, um, drainage. We have some pockets of drainage here that um, basically do not drain or um, are always quite wet and um and so it's a challenge to to manage those type areas we do uh what we call uh, venting mm -hmm. um just got off the aerator uh an hour ago uh poking holes trying to get oxygen down to the roots uh in some of these areas that tend to hold water um so you know there's there's 21 greens here they all have their own um, uh, uniqueness. Every superintendent has a green or two that is his problem child. Um, and we, we, have, uh, we have a couple of those here, too, that are just, um, uh, just harder to maintain and uh, harder to um, keep uh, that high expectation. And... Um, you know, there's good weeks and bad weeks. The weather we just went through with 100-degree um, heat and um, and humidity and just uh, tough, tough yeah. growing conditions. Um, it's no matter how hard we work, 
It, there's nothing like a cool 50-degree night and a 70-degree yeah. day to, to kind of settle things down. So here's a question that I think, if you could answer, could help a lot of people and could actually help you and, and your staff, and that is when you had a tee shot off of a tee box or in the fairway and you create a divot, what is the best way to handle it? Because some people just leave the hole open, others take the divot and put it back in the hole, and others pour the divot mix that is on carts. So everybody kind of does it a different way. Is there a best way? Is there a way that we should not handle a divot? I, I think um, personally doing any one of those is, is the most crucial thing. Um, the, the way I think of it is if, if a golfer takes a divot and there's absolutely no soil in that divot, so a, a pretty thin divot, um, it will not grow back. Um, it it needs, needs to be a substantial divot, probably like y you're supposed to hit the ball. Um, you know, I watch pros, they take a divot every time and... Um, that's that's not my game, but if if uh, if there's enough there to that divot where it can be replaced, fine, replace it. Now I'm talking mainly in the rough or, mm -hmm. or um, uh, fairway tees. We have the uh, sand buckets uh, that you're familiar with and and have experienced the the job of, of filling mm -hmm. divots, and it's it's job security where um, <laughs> we have to. Um, People might feel bad for taking a divot, but like I said, that's um, that's where you should hit a ball. Yeah. But um, there. So in answer to your question, um, divot mix where you can. Um, if it's a little bit thicker divot, go ahead and, and replace it properly. But uh, the main thing is just fixing. Either way. Here's the second most popular question I get. And this might come as a surprise, but people will ask me, how long does it take when you put the divot mix in the divot for the grass to fully come back? Is there a technical answer to that particular question? Um, I, I probably should have Googled this before. <laughs> yeah. before. I mean, it, it, it takes a while. It all depends. It all depends on um, growing conditions. Sure. I mean, if it's... Uh, cooling down in the fall or, or cool in the spring and and you replace your divot um, with sand sand seed mix it's it's going to take a while um, if given proper conditions proper moisture uh, good soil temperatures a um, couple weeks maybe okay. um, so it's uh, it's a process but it, it it closes slowly obviously it's not going to uh, heal in, you know, from from nothing to complete cover, uh, but it's a process. Divots on the green, the ball marks, that's something that probably is one of the most important things a golfer can do on a golf course because we all want those smooth greens that we have out here at Blackthorn, but if the greens aren't taken care of, it makes the challenge even more difficult to try to keep the greens as nice as they can be. It's it's a definite source of frustration, not only for me, but but for golfers who 
who show the golf etiquette and, and they fix their ball mark and one or two or three others. Um, it, it's, just, uh, it's just what you need to do. It's, um, uh, if, if we're mowing greens in, in the morning and you know there's fresh ball marks from the day before, th that mark's going to be there for month, months, uh, a long time. Where if, if the golfer would just take 10 or 15 seconds, yeah. I mean, it, it does not take long. Um, and even if you can't find your ball mark, fix another one. It, it's, it's, um, it's for your own benefit. Sure. It, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not to make my job easier. It's, it's to make the greens better and, and more puttable. I always say, if I make a divot on the green, fix two. That helps everybody. That's, that's a good model to live by. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of different things, so let me just ask a general question. What is the biggest challenge you have as a superintendent? Um, meeting expectations, uh, no matter what the conditions. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy how things have changed in my 30-plus year career. Um, and not in a bad way, but it's it's just uh, there's more pressure and and you, you know you you just got to perform every day and and it's not just me, but you, you got to be able to think ahead, plan yeah. ahead, um, staying on budget. Um, you know yeah. that's that's a challenge, um, and uh, you know the motto not just here but. Uh, a lot of places because it's expensive to maintain a golf course is do more with less and and um i'm not uh, uh complaining about my budget but if if it was a little more i would uh take advantage and if gas prices went down to normal that would probably help a whole lot too yes so from the standpoint of being a golfer yourself and also as a superintendent, is your favorite hole at Blackthorn the same as a golfer and as a superintendent? Hmm. Um, I, I would say yes. Um, my favorite hole out here, I would have to say, is number four. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, it's par five, you, you hit, uh, hit your drive. And then you go over. There's there's a elevation drop, and and you hit to another fairway, hopefully avoiding some bunkers. And then uh, I I can't hit a par five in two shots. So uh, you know there's just some strategy to that sure. hole, and that that's one of those that's right next to the airport. And um, um, you know, but you would never know that. It's, it's a lot of elevation change. Um, so I like four a lot. Uh, of course, 16, I think, is our, our signature hole. Um, that's gray hole, too. Um, when, when I hit it on the green, I love it. When, <laughs> when I hit it in the long stuff, I'm, I'm not such a big fan. But that, that's a good yeah. hole, too. Finally, I asked your boss, Tim Firestone, this question earlier this year. If I could give him a whole bunch of money, no budget, if you could change one hole at Blackthorn, what would you change? And he picked the par four number five and even talked about maybe extending the hole where the green is, make that fairway and then go into the woods where the green is 
he kind of mentioned that the small green with that long of a par four is a little bit challenging. So that's where he would spend his money. I'm wondering, as the superintendent at Blackthorn, if I gave you an unlimited budget, what one hole or area would you change at Blackthorn? Well, just real quick, on number five, the, the architects happened to put a 250-year-old oak tree in the middle of it, too. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that does add to the challenge. Um, and the, the intention was to uh, play that hole further back um, and we've expanded the, the upper tees so uh, golfers have a chance to, uh, um, to get past the tree. But anyway, in answer to your question, I, I think one area out here that um, I would like to see differently is our number 14 and 15. Um, 14 is a, a great dog leg left. Then par, uh, 15, par 5 coming up the hill. And it's just, they're two great holes, but people on 14 slice into 15. 15 slices yeah. into 14. And it's a bottleneck. Um, or it can be. It can be. Mm -hmm. And perhaps moving the tees more left on, um, on 15 mm -hmm. would... Uh, steer people away a little bit more from from uh, 14. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's uh, the green areas on both holes are are great, yeah. uh, but it's just the the confusion that can happen in the middle, especially if you're trying to rake bunkers there. Yeah. Right? It's uh, it got, can be dangerous. Yeah, you have friendly fire coming from all directions when you're taking care of the bunkers yeah. right there. Well, John, thanks for all you do at Blackthorn. It is a wonderful golf course, always in great shape. And I know people from all over come to play this golf course, so we're very lucky to have it. And again, thanks for the visit, and good luck the rest of the year with the golf course. Well, thank you, and uh, I've enjoyed working with you for the past year, and, and hopefully you've had fun and maybe learned a few things and get you out of the office. Absolutely. So, I haven't ruined a green and I have not broken any equipment. So I think from that standpoint, it's been successful. <laughs> it's That's good for your budget if those things don't happen. There so. you go. All right, John, thanks for the visit. Hey, you bet. It was fun. More of the Corona Premier Golf Show comes your way next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. My guest is Jerry Janowski, assistant pro at Knollwood Country Club. Let's just for a moment, Jerry, talk about the state of golf. I'm just curious what you're seeing out at Knollwood Country Club from the standpoint of golf popularity because once we went through, or I guess the beginning of COVID, golf interest really peaked because that was truly one of the things that you could go out and do. You could go out to the golf course and with social distancing, you could play golf. I know they had the little bumpers on the pin, so you didn't have to touch the hole or, or the pin or anything. So extra caution was taken, but you know what? It was something for people to do going through the pandemic. Now that I think it's fair to say we're on the back end of the pandemic, do you feel like the game of golf is still as popular as ever? Have we seen people get back to normal, not playing as much since COVID's in the rearview mirror? How do you look at the state of golf right now? 
yeah, what, what I'm seeing is that it is uh, it's continuing on. Golf is still no, it's it's uh, retained its popularity. That uh, you know people are coming out. Our, our range is busy all the time. The golf course, the tee times book up quite often. So um, yeah, I've, from what I'm seeing here, just at Knollwood, and I've seen it at some of the other courses that I've been to as well. Golf is still um, popular, and it's it's still being you know people are still playing. They haven't given it up now that COVID's done. Are you seeing any extra growth in youth golf right now? I know personally, I work at Blackthorn part time, and this week a kids academy has been taking place as they're teaching the youngsters about the game of golf. Do you feel like youngsters are getting involved in the game as much as? They used to, I guess, old guys like us, we can say, are they as excited about golf as we were back in the day? Yeah, I, I definitely see that. And I've got an extra perspective, being not just the assistant pro at Knollwood, but being um, locally on the local committee for the first tee out at Studebaker. Um, the f- growth in the Studebaker first tee program the last couple of years has been phenomenal. You know, they've had you know, over two, 300 kids down at Studebaker getting lessons, learning the game. Down there, I know at Knollwood, we constantly have junior golfers on the range, out playing, um, having the junior clinics and you know junior programs out there. Yeah, oh, juniors, junior golf is really taken off in this area. Since you mentioned the first tee, a lot of people I don't think know exactly what that is all about. I know Jenny Zimmerman has been involved in first tee for a good amount of time in this area. Why don't you just pass along for the person who doesn't know much about First Tee, what exactly it is and the goal of that organization? Okay. Yeah, so the, uh, the First Tee is actually, it uh, uses the game of golf to teach characters and values to kids. So um, they're trying to find, you know, they use uh, the nine core values that they have. And I um, actually, I have them right here. I was going to say I can't remember them, but um, <laughs> they used honesty, respect, integrity, judgment, perseverance, courtesy, responsibility, sportsmanship, and confidence. Using the game of golf to, you know, use all of those. For example, um, honesty. In golf, you keep your own score. You call your own penalty. Um, So they use the game of golf to say, hey, take responsibility for yourself. You know, be honest with people. So that's just one way. But we use, like I said, the game of golf, teaching the fundamentals, how to hit the ball, and then, how do you play the course? How do you meet people? How do you interact? You know, handshakes before and after the round. Um, you know, encouraging the other people when they hit a good shot. You're not – golf isn't a game where you're, for the most part, most people aren't cheering against your opponent. You actually want your opponent to do well. So it's really – it's a great way to get kids involved in the game, get them outside, and also teach them skills in life that they'll be able to take, you know, into their adulthood and and beyond. There are a couple of members of my high school golf team that weren't very good with math. I think they probably could have used the first <laughs> tee to get started. But for right. but for youngsters who don't have a set of golf clubs, can they still get involved in first tee? Yeah, absolutely. The first tee, um, you know, they have rental sets down there, um, or not even rental. They just have sets to use. So we would bring out you know, multiple, multiple sizes, so all the way down to, you know, four- and five-year-olds up to the 13-, 14-, 15-year-olds. Yeah, they have clubs ready to go. If you don't have them, you can just go down there and use them. So that's, it's a great thing that's, uh, that's available.
Now, do they have leagues that go along with this, or is this more about teaching and, you know, getting some practice in? They do. So they have um, down there at the first tee um, with Studebaker, Ed, um, they do have you know, regular classes. Every They have weekly classes and, you know, weekly classes, but they also have uh, an in-house PGA Junior League program where, you know, it's it's fairly foundational. You don't have to have any experience. You just come out. You play nine holes as a team. Um, they do different formats, you know, kind of a match play. Every three holes is a point. Mm. Whichever team gets the most points wins. You're responsible for your own scorecard. Um, you know, they have to sign it at the end. So they kind of incorporate learning the game of golf with also how to compete and keep score for yourself and your opponent and, you know, check that at the end. So, yeah, they do have that. Um, and it's great because it's a team concept. You don't see that a lot in golf. It's more individual. But this is, you know, a, a, you get put on a team, and then you're with that team for the year. See, they'll be ready for the Live Golf Tour in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it's, if, it's, if it's still around. We'll see if it's yeah, still around. that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. In terms of the first team, I'm kind of asking this personally. I'm just curious. I mean, I would have to think getting donations, golf clubs, maybe even monetary donations – helps keep this organization going am i on the right track oh yes yeah uh, donations of many kinds obviously financial is one way um donating golf clubs golf balls although we tend to get quite a few donations of clubs and balls so those aren't the biggest needs it's more the financial side making sure that we have the proper staffing for the kids um, throughout the summer uh, making sure one of the biggest items down there are um, popsicles you can imagine, oh. I, I wish I had Jenny here at the moment, I'll talk to her, how many popsicles we went through last year at the first tee in Studebaker. Is, it was, it's phenomenal. You know, you get those hot days, the kids wrap it up, and they all get a popsicle. You can imagine you do that, you know, June, July, yeah. August, every day afterwards with over 150 kids. That's a lot of popsicles. So that's a need, is making sure that we have that taken care of. So golf clubs, there's a lot of those golf balls, but it's really the uh, the financial aspect of, you know, having bottled water for them, having the popsicles, those kind of things. So that's where the, the biggest need for helping is. That's cool. I mean, Little League, we went to DQ or got snow cones at the concession stand. Golf, you get popsicles. I like that. That's a very, very right. nice touch. Yeah. Well, and, I and, and that is definitely a kid favorite. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Well, I know Jenny does a great job with that organization. I guess, Jerry, is there a website or a phone number that people can contact Jenny or First Tee to see how they can help, or maybe they want to get their child involved in this organization? Yeah, absolutely. So go uh, if you go to the website, it's firstteeindiana.org. Um, you can look there. That has all the locations for the state, so you do have to look uh, for locations for uh, the Michiana is the one that we have. And if you wanted to get in contact with her, let me go back. Um, yeah. So the phone number to contact the first T uh, here at Michiana at Studebaker, it's 574-360-2764. It's 574-360-2764. Um, you can also contact Coach Zimmerman at jzimmerman at indianagolf.org. And then also our First Tee uh, Indiana and Michiana Facebook page is also a great spot for information. Okay. 
Very good. And again, firsttindiana.org, also a really good place to start. Jerry, let's circle back to Knollwood Country Club. Uh, why don't you remind our listeners or maybe people that aren't familiar with Knollwood Country Club, uh, the golf options, and also besides playing golf, what you can do out at Knollwood if you're a member. Okay, yeah. So Knollwood um, has a 36-hole golf facility, but it is not just a golf country club. It is a full family country club. So it has a fitness room, swimming pool, indoor and outdoor, um, banquet areas. You know, so a lot of extra other things to do um, for the whole family. Uh, they are currently accepting uh, members as well. So the best way to reach out to them is uh, or reach out to us at Knollwood is 574-277-1541. And you can get more information on the membership options there as well. And if I'm not mistaken, the 36 holes, really the courses are a little different, aren't they, in terms of part of it's wide open and other parts of the golf course, they're pretty tree-lined. Yeah, and the uh, it's funny. The west course is the shorter of the two, but it's actually the tougher of the two as well. That's where a few weeks ago we hosted the uh, Indiana State Amateur Qualifier, and it was on the west course. It's a lot shorter, a lot tighter, a lot more challenging, on the East Course, it is a little bit more wide open, um, a little bit longer. So they are two completely different courses. So you'll get quite an experience um, if you get to play the courses out there. But, yeah, they are um, – one's more wide open, one's tighter. But they're both fantastic courses. Jerry, finally, what about a couple of events that are coming up at Norwood Country Club? All right. So, yeah, we've got coming up our annual Charity Classic. It's on September 9th. Uh, the proceeds of that will go to the South Bend Educational Foundation and the Invited Employee Care Foundation. It is open to the public, and we're accepting both sponsors and golf packages, and you can get more information about that um, on our Instagram and Facebook page as well. So just uh, search for Facebook and Instagram for Nowood Country Club. All right, very good. He's Jerry Janowski, assistant pro at Nowood Country Club. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is our final segment of this year's golf show season. And I'm going to bring back a conversation I had with the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, Tim Firestone, as he talked about some of the golf equipment available at the Pro Shop at Blackthorn. Well, Tim, I know in the wintertime, the golf shop becomes a place where you can get some instruction out at Blackthorn Golf Club, but now we're getting into the swing of things with summer right around the corner. I know you've mentioned that golf sales of equipment at your place has been really incredible the last few months or maybe dating back to last year. It's kind of interesting with golf equipment. We've talked about it on the program. You know, there are some parts of golf equipment that can get very, very expensive, but you've said you've seen a surge right now in golf equipment sales at Blackthorn Golf Club. Yeah, and I, um, it's not getting cheaper, I'll tell you that. The prices <laughs> continue to go up, and uh, the, uh, the demand continues to go up uh, as well. Um, it, you know, a lot of these drivers are $600 now, um, and you're, if you're getting a brand new set of what I'll call premium irons, you're close to $2,000, you know, so it's, it's definitely, uh, an investment, but I, I just think that the ability to custom fit people 
and to have uh, the technology uh, that we have um, with uh, our foresight golf and you know some courses use track maintenance but to be able to show the golfer how much improvement they can get with the right shaft and the right head um, I think it just shows you how much people are willing to buy a game of golf <laughs> so um, I think that's really um, what's driving it more than anything else is the ability to to actually let the golfer see the numbers of, of how much straighter and how much longer they can hit with technology you know, Tim, I know there's different levels of prices, and let's use drivers as an example. You mentioned some of the premium drivers are close to $600. But do you truly get what you pay for in terms of improving your game and the forgiveness in some of these drivers? I mean, you can buy a driver for $100, $150, but, I mean, Tim, there's a big, big difference. When you get those premium drivers we're talking about, they can make a difference correct yeah I mean they wouldn't have the success they have if a $150 driver was performing the same way you know so they has to perform better um, and and even now I don't know it's I mean, $150 driver you're really going down the <laughs> you know to the bottom of the barrel um, so uh, no I mean and I think you know all of them the, the major club manufacturers are kind of in that same price zone, whether you're with, you know, Titleist or TaylorMade or Callaway, they're all kind of in that same price point of 500 to $600 for a driver. We say this every year, Tim, but I know there are still some people that don't take this advice, and it's very important advice. Don't just buy a golf club off the shelf and then take it out and start playing with it because there's a 99.9% chance that golf club doesn't truly fit you. And if you get the golf club fitted to you, then you're going to get the most out of what you're putting into your golf game. It just makes a whole lot of sense to take the time in order to get fitted properly, which I know is something that can happen out at Blackthorn. Yeah, I think, you know, I had this discussion last week with, with one of our members. Is, uh, you know, I don't care. Just whatever one, grab, grab me which one you think is going to be best. And I was like, look, you know, it, it'll take you 10 or 15 minutes to hit a few balls with Randy or Matt, and they'll be able to tell you exactly what you need. So I think some people think it's, like, it's just going to be too cumbersome to take the time to do it. But, you know, be patient. Spend 15 minutes and get the right shaft, um, you know, the right head, the right grip, and um, you'll be some, you'll be, you know, so happy you did that. The other thing that um, I think is uh, something that's kind of driving um, people's satisfaction is that if uh, we fit you. Um, uh, to a, 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 a let's say a regular shafted you know 60 gram whatever shaft and let's say you play a year and you get better and now you're you have more club at speed you know your swing changes I mean then you know you can swap out the shaft because these drivers now you know can be interchanged with different shafts so you can keep the head and switch your shaft out. So um, I think that's a great uh, selling point uh, as well. 
Tim, I know TaylorMade is the manufacturer that you carry out at Blackthorn Golf Club. What's new in terms of TaylorMade golf this year? Well, I mean, I think if you uh, have had a chance to watch any golf on TV this spring, they've made a big push. Um, and, uh, and Tiger's hitting a new driver as well. It's called the Stealth uh, line, both um, Fairway Woods driver and they have Stealth irons as well. Um, and uh, having some uh, terrific results, I think. DJ was carrying it another like eight or nine yards further than um, the uh, Sim 2 uh, from last year. Um, so they're definitely having some success uh, with that line uh, of products. So um, it's uh, Taylor May spends a lot of money on the tour, obviously, uh, with all of their players. But uh, when they can win with them, um, uh, that really helps, I think, with sales and popularity of, of the line. So um, we've gotten to the point with uh, with our guys, with Matt and, and Randy, who are instructors, where we now have um, a Tylus fitting cart as well as a Callaway fitting cart um, for people to come in. And so we will be able to help you with any of those lines, depending on what you'd like. You can try some different some different options. So it's not just uh, with Taylor May, but we've got several lines to choose from. I think, Tim, back when I started playing, or maybe the last time I got irons, it was pretty standard. You got three iron through pitching wedge when you bought an iron set. But it, it seems like now there seem to be more options where you could go four iron to sand wedge or five iron to maybe a couple of different wedges. Is there more flexibility now in terms of what you want in your iron sets? Because there are some people that just feel like they can't hit three and four irons well enough that they'll maybe go to a hybrid wood to take their place. Yeah, the days of people ordering three three irons through pitching wedge are, are, I wouldn't say they're completely over, but it's very unique. Most are, you know, four iron through either uh, like that gap wedge, that 52-degree um, uh, wedge, and then they'll add in, you know, a hybrid or two along with the three wood and a driver. Um, there's still a few guys that hit three iron, but very, very few. Um, so we're seeing more and more uh, four iron, you know, through that uh, gap wedge or sand wedge. So you're exactly right. Um, and the other thing is, you know, if you remember, if you go back to the, in the days where, you know, Bobix and some of these big golf shops, they would have 500 sets of clubs, like, on the wall. <laughs> and there was no custom fit, and there was no, I want this iron, not that iron. You bought three through fishing wedge. You didn't have an option where everything we're doing today is being custom built for the golfer, um, and they're able to pick out whatever the heck they want. So much more flexible in this day and age. Do you think those hybrids give golfers a better chance to have success on long range shots? Oh, there's no question. I mean, I, for, I don't carry a three iron. I have, you know, I carry a hybrid. Um, it's, uh, I think it's really helped the game of golf, uh, especially for the older players uh, who are looking to get a little more height on the shot. I mean, to hit a three iron up in the air like you could with a you know a four hybrid or a five hybrid, um, there's, there's just no chance. So 
So I would say uh, the hybrid's been a, a, a huge benefit for the game of golf. Tim, if people want more information on the products you have out at Blackthorn Golf Club, what number can they call? 232-4653. They can check out blackthorngolf.com and our golf uh, academy uh, page from there. Uh, We'll link right to it. Make sure you check out Blackthorn Golf Club. The greens are rolling as smooth as ever. Talked to several people from out of town the last week, all commenting on how great the greens are at Blackthorn. Well, that's going to do it for the season on the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your golf season. And this has been the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 